failure in innovation. We've seen that innovation is a journey, moving from bright idea to creating value from that idea. And we've tried to look at some of the ways in which that journey takes place, the key stages, the key influences, and the opportunities we have to learn to improve our capability to make that journey. Anyone might get lucky once, but we're concerned with developing a capability to repeat the journey, to innovate again and again and again, whether we're a startup trying to grow our business or an established organization trying to renew our business. And in the social world, the public sector, it's the same, a pattern of regular, continuous innovation. So what do we know about success and failure in the world of innovation? There's an opportunity to learn from other people's journeys as well as from our own experience. And the good news here is that there's a great deal of research to draw on. In fact, going back over a hundred years, there have been many, many studies looking at cases, different sectors, different countries, different organization size, a whole set of variables, but essentially with the same core question. How do we make innovation happen successfully? And this research basically keeps coming up with similar themes. There are some common lessons which we can draw on to help, help us make our journey. Innovation is basically not a theoretical subject. Most of what we've learned has come from studying practice, from many examples where people have failed as much as where they've succeeded. We can use this to help us think about and shape our own innovation capability. And we can use this particularly to help us fit up our ship and to refit it for the next voyage. In other words, we can build our innovation management capability. So, some key questions that any of us might want to ask, a bit like the kind of checklist that an airline pilot might, move, might use when he or she is about to take the aeroplane off and fly it in a long distance. Essentially, checklists are valuable and they help us work through systematically the things we know are going to be important. So perhaps in innovation, it's worth asking ourselves before each journey, do we have effective enabling mechanisms? Things to help us search, select, implement and capture value. Do they work as well as they could? Are there things we could do to improve or to fine tune them? A whole set of questions around our innovation strategy. Do we have the navigation system to make sure we're going in the right direction, to enable us to change and correct course over time as things get uncertain? And do people get behind the strategy? Is everybody on board and supporting? Is it something people commit to? Do we have an innovative organization? We've seen before, innovation is hugely about people, their creativity, their ideas, their knowledge, and their energy and passion. Can we make the kind of organization which delivers and focuses this? It's also a case of building and managing rich, extensive networks. Innovation is a multiplayer game. Do we have rich, active, performing networks? This is another set of questions we can ask ourselves and we can fine tune and improve and adapt our capability. And perhaps the most important question of all, do we pause? Do we reflect? Do we, at the end of each journey, step back and think, hmm, how else could we improve our innovation management capability? Or do we blindly make the same journey and possibly the same mistakes time after time? Now, this is all about practice. Nobody's born with a perfect capability for innovation. 
Organizations learn it the hard way. It's the same with all sorts of activities. Think about it. When we go in the kitchen, it's not a case of throwing the ingredients in a bowl, stirring them up and, ah, perfect dish every time. It's a matter of trial and error. A lot of mistakes, a lot of food thrown away, but gradually we can develop and practice the skills, the capability to turn out good dishes consistently. It's the same on the dance floor. When we watch a team of professional dancers on the television or on stage, they're not just wildly waving their arms and legs around. What they're also doing is rehearsed. There's a pattern, a choreography, and they practice this very hard. It's a very physical world. We often talk about dance routines, patterns which are practiced again and again. They may look good, they may look inspired and improvised. In fact, there's a great deal of hard work gone underneath, gone on underneath. It's practice. And even in the world of music, a field like jazz, which appears to be improvised and everybody going off doing their own thing, is actually not that. There's a great deal of practice, of working together, of adapting and listening. There may be experiments, but they're supported experiments and lessons are learned. In each of those worlds, and certainly in the world of innovation, it's a matter of practice. In fact, when we think about learning to manage innovation, it's a process that begins with trial and error. We try something out, a way of searching or the way of choosing. Essentially, we try things out to help us make the journey. They may not work, so we stop doing them, we try something else. Gradually, over time, we develop some capability. We reinforce the things that work, and gradually, the things that seem to work for us become embedded. They become what are called, in the innovation research literature, routines, patterns of behavior which eventually become embedded so that they're the policies, the processes, the way we do things around here. And innovation becomes something we can repeat because we've got routines for doing it. For example, how we search for innovation opportunities, not just randomly searching, but actually having particular routines, particular approaches. How we make choices, we've got scarce resources, how do we choose the right things to do? How do we manage that uncertain process of implementation, managing the projects but also managing the uncertainty within them? These are all what we call routines and the evidence is that organisations do think about and do work on their innovation management routines. Now of course those routines for any organisation are quite specific. They become their own particular way of solving the innovation problem, of making the innovation journey. They're a bit like the personality of the organisation. And we can see in many successful innovators that this is not a matter of luck. They have their own particular routines that help them do that. Let's look at some examples. We talked a little about 3M. 3M, over 100 years old, consistently successful at innovation, many breakthrough products to its name, and a great deal of behind-the-scenes, do-what-we-do-better incremental innovation. But 3M doesn't get there by accident. It has an approach to the innovation journey, which is routines. It's basically got a whole manual, a whole policy for how we do innovation. New employees are taught this. And one of the key routines within 3M is something that's called the 15% policy. And this simply says, rather than load everybody up 100%, let's allow people to have 15% of time to play with. 
to do whatever they need to do, whether it's sit and daydream or have a cup of coffee or whatever. People can experiment and play, use up to 15% of their time to come up with good ideas. Because 3M's learned over time that allowing people that kind of space in that organization is behind many of the breakthrough products that have built their name. Toyota is a very different kind of company, but essentially Toyota also has routines. In fact, Toyota is very famous for process innovation to the point that many of the ideas behind the lean revolution, which has made such a difference to manufacturing and to services around the world, but that way of thinking has its roots in the Toyota production system. And that approach to process innovation in the factory is essentially their rehearsed patterns of behavior that work for them. One of the key elements in that, and we've seen a little bit of already, is their use of their employees as innovators. Everyone who works in Toyota is an innovator. Many of them are working regularly on small improvement projects, Kaizen, doing what we do better, but everyone is engaged. There are patterns of behavior which are reinforced, rehearsed, and rewarded. So you have an organization there which again innovates through its routines, and they're enshrined in a book. Basically, there is something called the Toyota Way, which sets out the way we do things around here, our routines, including those for innovation. Pixar, an organization in the film industry, has again developed a successful formula which helps it keep repeating that innovation trick in a highly, innovate, highly competitive world. And what Pixar do, amongst other things, is deploy particular routines around failure, or rather, around encouraging experimentation and intelligent failure, learning from that, trying things out, but in a controlled fashion. That's one of their signature routines. Zara, a company which came quite late to the fashion and the textile industry, but has become a globally successful player through its radically different model of fast fashion. But what Zara have done, again, is develop some very particular routines around design, around understanding customer needs, and responding quickly. Their innovation routines. And Procter & Gamble, a company over 200 years old, and a company which has basically innovated very successfully, developed its own routines for a long time to help it deliver innovations, but around the turn of the 20th century began to think that we need perhaps to rethink our routines, to change them. And they moved from a model which was essentially using our own ideas from within and deploying them to something they now call connect and develop, where they seek to get half their innovations from outside through their extensive networks. And they've had to build a whole new set of routines alongside their existing ones to enable them to do that. Now, of course, in all of this talk of routines, you might think, where's the startup? What's the point of routines in a startup? By definition, we're doing something new. Well, if we think about it, startups more than anyone need routines. They have very scarce resources, so they have to manage their money, their time, their people as carefully as possible. And what's happened in that field is an approach has developed, which is typically called the Lean Startup. It goes by different names, but the Lean Startup is essentially a good reminder of the basic methods that are good practice in startups. And Lean takes its name from the old Toyota world, 
this idea of no waste. We can't afford to waste anything. And that's certainly true of the world of startups. So the way in which we develop our startup, the way in which we try on our innovation journey to create and capture value has to be as lean as possible. And that's given rise to all sorts of tools and techniques, but primarily these are lessons which have come from studying the failures, the ones who didn't make it. What lessons could we learn? How do we feed that back to develop routines to help us not go the same way? And there are various tools and techniques, various routines around experimentation, around pivoting, around changing and adapting our ideas, around something called the minimum viable product. We'll come back to look at those. But the key point about startups is that there is very much a methodology. A methodology which we can follow, a kind of roadmap, which builds in the experience of others and gives us access to a well-rehearsed and tested set of routines. So, let's summarise this discussion. Innovation is a journey. We have to make it. We want to be able to make it consistently, not just once. And we can learn a great deal from the extensive research, about a hundred years worth, on how people have made that innovation journey. That research keeps pointing at common themes, so we can use this to help us manage the innovation process more effectively. And we can use it to develop a checklist to help us make our journey, to review the journey when we've completed it, to check before we start out on our next one. One of the keys, of course, is to make sure that we constantly update and improve the checklist, so we're continuously enhancing our capability. And the idea of routines are essentially rehearsed, practiced, embedded patterns of behavior, the way we do things around here as we try and make innovation happen.